welcome to Board Game Binge, the place where we bring you bite-sized, bingeable board game content from across the industry. I'm your host, James Staley, and in this episode, we're chatting with Hunter Angel, a producer of custom cards for over the past five years. His newest creation, Nostalgic's 185-card base set, where you can be the hero in the game, is currently crushing it on Kickstarter. Hunter, welcome to the bench. How are you doing, sir? Very good. How are you? Oh, I am doing great. Uh, boy, <laughs> oh boy, I get just pumped when I see Kickstarter campaigns that are this size. Congratulations. We'll get into the guts of the Kickstarter uh, momentarily. Awesome. But man, oh man, you got to be pumped. In Canadian dollars, you've already surpassed a million dollars. You're, I think, almost 1.2 now. So yeah, you still got 12 days to go. You guys are well on your way to doing just a smash hit of a campaign. I'm sure you're just absolutely excited. Excited and um, definitely weighed down by the responsibility to like make it good for everybody that backed us. Like there's kind of a duel there, but it looks so much better in Canadian. <laughs> well, it's come, it, was, it was great power comes great responsibility, I guess they say. Right? I suppose that is the trend this week. <laughs> So you, you've been doing cards for, so online, your personality, I think is called Zaba, I think is some yep. people might know you by, so if anybody's like, who's this hunter guy, it's Zaba, you might have heard that name online. Yeah. Take us through your, your. so how did you get into this, this industry in the first place? So you've been doing it for about five years, you're obviously not 25, right? So you've been, you <laughs> had a career that's been much longer than that. Where did you kind yeah. of start? Uh, so it really started, I kind of went the corporate way, you know, went to college, got the job like everybody wants to do. And ended up as a marketing manager for a, a home improvement company in the U.S. And kind of bogged down by hundreds and hundreds of emails every day. I mean, like 300 was probably minimum. And just kind of not feeling satisfied or like I'm having fun in life. So I started a YouTube channel and started making custom Amiibos. And then I went from custom Amiibos to opening Pokemon cards. And then somehow the two of them got mixed. And I ended up making a custom Amiibo Pokemon card. Yeah. And people really liked it. So I showed them how to make it. That video hit a million views. And I was like, maybe they would actually want me to make some for them. So we launched a card shop. And then I started working with people on and on until we got about as big as we possibly could in the custom card industry. And um, now I close that down. And here we are making a whole new card game. Oh, that's crazy. So by, by a very by, fast forwarded version, but you know. Yeah, yeah. but getting into <laughs> So getting into just creating. So there's the, the, the design side, right? Obviously, and you know, the structure of, of creating these cards. And we've got a bunch of people jumping in already uh, on uh, in the lobby here. So we'll try to get to any questions they have. How did, how did you bridge from, okay, now I've got, you know, these card designs I've come up with and people are really liking to getting to the actual production side, right? There's there's a leap there. How do you get into How did you kind of transition to that? So I had this video saved and I watched later on YouTube. And I finally watched it one day when I was sick at home. And it's this like squeaker 12-year-old kid, shaky cam in grass. And he's got a Pokemon card that he stripped down with acetone. Like the reverse foil. Now it's just a shiny holographic on a card. Mm. I actually have some examples here. Um, and he basically took the card, spray adhesive, and then put a transparent printed image on top of it. I was like, okay. So I did it and then it was like way better because obviously, you know, we've got adult money. <laughs> so yeah. I pulled it off and I was like, you know, this, this could work. So I, for the first year of my custom card life, I went on to a patio in the middle of winter and like sprayed adhesive tons of cards for hours at a time, full on gas mask before it was cool. Like, I mean, COVID, now everybody has to wear these things, but I'm out there like spraying cards for hours at a time, sticking them together, cutting them to shape and um, sending them out to people. We kind of iterated the process over time. 
Now we use a dedicated holographic stock that we print directly onto. And now we can use energies or commons, whatever in Pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh! Magic and make custom designs on them. You were literally doing these by hand. Oh yeah, I'm still in. I have uh, 370 some orders left to do for our closing sale. And now I've hired Holy like smokes. four people that know how to do them. And each of those orders is like 15 cards each. It's insane. <laughs> so I imagine these aren't like a dollar type card. Like there, there's some costs associated with these yeah. cards. Like, oh, what Most, these cards retail for? Most of it's labor. Um, the custom cards are all $10 each right now. They go up to like wow. 15. And then if we get into printed glass, because obviously we've developed a lot of cool new methods to make cards, then those get into like $20, 25 Wow. It's been and, a lot. <laughs> and so were you were you ever outsourcing anything, like even some of the printing and then having it come in and then, you know, assembling the components or you're doing like literally everything in-house? Yeah. I mean, we found components that work better on like Amazon, Michaels, and then we have a printer that we imported from China that does like UV printing. So straight up, if it's a flat surface, I can print on it. Mm. I've done phones, glass, any kind of holographic card, wood cards. And um, we kind of cornered the market. I mean, I worked with the best Pokemon artists I could find around the world. And even the first one that ever extended them, Lunumbra, like takes a card and extends it with acrylic paints. And I partnered with her so we could take scans of those and make these one of a kind, like $500 works of art and make them for the masses. And that's been revolutionary for like collectors of just the art of the card, less so the gameplay of it, but more the art. So... I'm trying to get my head around this because again, I, I can't get over the making these things with my hand. So are you, and do you have like any kind of laser cutout equipment or anything to cut things out? Um, those little Fiskars, like slide cutters that you cut yeah, paper yeah. with. That's that's step one. Then you got to stick the adhesive onto the card manually. Then yeah. use a guillotine cutter to cut all four of the sides to get it like close, but not too close. And you got to use a corner cutter and you got to perfect fit it and then top load it and then ship it. Every card. Holy smoke. What kind of volume? For 19,000 orders. <laughs> <laughs> By hand. By hand. We probably honestly shipped about like 400,000 cards, if I had to guess, between all of our endeavors. That is insane. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a lot. <laughs> so could there not be like a laser cutter or something you could slap these into that just goes I, through and like just cuts them for you or... I'm looking at my cricket here. I tried, but even being off mm. by a millimeter on a card is huge because you're working yeah. with 63 by 88 millimeters. If you're off by one, the design borders. Yeah, it's all by hand. I had to find people that are like as good as me to keep helping me do it. So now I have like four crew and that's not even enough to keep up. <laughs> wow. I was going to say, so how long have you, so you've been now so for five years, I guess you've been doing this, right? You've been mm -hmm. doing these cards. Yep. And so you have a crew uh, that, that comes into your shop and you guys... Mm -hmm spend all day basically hand cutting these cards and printing and mounting them and so forth. Yep. Wow. That is, uh, that, that is, that is crazy. What, and now That's where is we there, started. <laughs> is there a plant? Like I know I usually ask this near the end, but now I'm just curious. Is, how do you get to the next level of scalability on that? So at that point we kind of worried, like, are we getting too big? Because yeah. you start making something <laughs> custom, you start getting like, we're not even on Etsy. We just have our own Shopify account. And I worried that, you know, maybe one day Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh! Magic might just Thanos snap us out of existence. Be like, no more fan art. So yeah. two years ago, I started looking for, well, how do I continue this? I have a responsibility to my artists and my crew. Um, I've got an artist living in Venezuela that, like, I'm actually keeping him alive. <laughs> like, mm. he has, you know, funds that I own. 
that I give him for his artistic work. And like, I'm kind of his bank account right now. Wow. Venezuela's an anarchy. It, it's easier to just like weigh money than count it. Yeah. So I, these people rely on me to kind of have a business. And if Pokemon snaps us out, I mean, it's killing people. So I had to think what to do. So we made Nostalgics. And I kind of made our own card game, our own sandbox to play in, and our own creative pool to you know, have unlimited resources in. Like, if we didn't have any restrictions, what could we do with this group? Are you going to move away from then the, the custom cards or is it more just yeah. to have the insurance plan set up so that you've got your exit in case uh, in case that does kind of go down? So they're both like separate LLCs, but just mm-hmm. given the time sync, this last sale we had was our Black Friday and end of store sale. Yeah. And we usually have like maybe 70 some orders a week. We had 900 in a weekend. Oh my so God. Uh, we've been backed up with that. Um, we're currently still shipping orders from Black Friday. So I closed the shop on December 1st and now I'm fully nostalgics because even like it wasn't like, you know, terrible living. We definitely made our wages and like it's been comfy. I haven't paid myself like significantly at all in it. But even with all the money, the custom cards made for five years, nostalgics already has made more. So now is that is that just in Kickstarter revenue or is that in like uh, anticipated kind of orders like custom Um, orders? Just in Kickstarter. It's almost like. Yeah, it's made a lot. <laughs> so yeah. all the custom cards we've done, we just outdid that with two years of design work and a Kickstarter. So monetarily, it makes sense. Time commitment, it makes sense. But I do really feel connected with my custom card audience. And they've been so positive with my efforts through the years. So I wanted to make sure that I honored them and got them all the cards in the final sale here. Yeah. And so with Nostalgic, so where did this idea obviously getting to the next uh you know the the exit plan or kind of what's my my life raft away from you know somebody you know rolling in the ip and saying hey guys yeah. you're done yeah. um you know so you you've transitioned over to this this life raft so to speak which is now a mm-hmm. boat not just a raft um what <laughs> what was the the thought process behind it so walk me through the world of nostalgic what is the nostalgic world all about so nostalgics is really a medley of all these series that I've grown up with personally, and you know, I guess collectively as nerds that we've kind of grown up through, um, we're finally reaching the first generation of people that grew up playing Pokemon, trading them on the playground, getting them taken away by teachers and then still trading them anyway. And now we're old enough to actually make our own businesses. So I'm using my nostalgia of Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, Magic, um, and even like modern games like Hearthstone. And I'm kind of fusing all those elements together to make a world that somebody can just hop in, it feels approachable, but it's still new. And it's it's kind of been compared to like the Rick and Morty of TCGs. Like you can watch Rick and Morty and you kind of feel connected to it in a way that doesn't make sense. Even though it's a new story, you feel connected to the characters and the archetypes. And there's just these repeating trends in pop culture that I'm trying to really drill in on and find their source material and like recreate them in a fresh way. Well, there's enough familiarity there, I guess, that if if someone is kind of coming in for the first time, they're going to be like, okay, I can kind of get the gist of what this is all about yeah. and probably quickly uh, determine if it's something they like, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, theoretically, if we could, I would take something like a Pikachu and an Agumon, fuse them together, and then like, what does that character look like? Or if you take the mm-hmm. core of Pikachu and Agumon, what could another character like that look like? And that's what we're trying to make. So I, I'm I'm on the not on the Kickstarter page, but right now I'm just showing uh, the audience the um, 
the actual website, right? Yeah. And I've got some people in the uh, in the lobby here saying they 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 love the i the the story and everything, the history so far, which is cool. <laughs> um, walk me through. So there's a map. So I'm on the regions of Nostaram. So what yeah. is it? Is this like a world that you've created? And then who? Um, did the story development? Is this something you outsource? Is it something you create yourself? Kind of walk me through that. So uh, the world of Nostrium is kind of our holding ground for all these characters. In our lore, our main villain activates a spell with the void that basically pulls all these characters in real pop culture for humans into our world. So when they fall asleep, their spirit is kind of transported to our universe. So like the Dragon Ball Z, the Pokemon, Lord of the Rings, the Matrix, like if we could partner with companies, that's kind of our loop to partner with them. All their characters are in our world, but they're kind of like jumbled together. Mm. And Nostrams our universe. The heroes that occupy it are our own creations. And all the fighters in it are also our own creations, but definitely based on a lot of the mythos of currently existing IPs and like their, their source inspiration too. And um, as far as storytelling and world building go, uh, Vim Art is another massive artist friend of mine. Uh, he's really taken charge and helped me kind of like co-forge this world. I'm looking to hire him on as art director actually in this next year here. And he's aware of it, so it's not like a spoiler or anything, but um, we're looking to continue building the story. And we both kind of worked cooperatively to design the world and the characters and how they interact with each other. And is there, there's different factions, is there? Or like how do the different... Because you have like, so for instance, on, on, if I go to your main page, you have like all these different logos and stuff forth, which seem to be like, almost like factions. Is that, is that what they are? Is there different factions or how does this work? Sort of. So it's just like different regions of the map. Um, mm. They could be like groups of characters that align with others, but it's, it's like North and South America. It's not really that we're factions, we're just locations and whoever lives there happens to live kind of under that, that region. But within each region, there could be multiple, you know, teammates and stuff or groups of fighters and heroes that work together. But it's not necessarily the entire area is a faction against the others. Got it. So it, it's in, and I see like the art style, for instance, if I look at like, there's these look like these weird Japanese characters, uh, mm -hmm. uh, which are like creature based. And then I see more kind of like classic kind of anime type you know, samurai warrior type characters and so forth. Yep. So was it the, the plan to kind of jumble together these different kind of genres and kind of make it like in a cohesive kind of universe? Was that, was that the plan or? Yeah. So I really took inspiration from how Pokemon cards look in any given set. Mm. You've got uh, traditional digital, like clay modeling, even product photography. Then you get Ken Sugimori who can't make a background, but makes really good sprite art. <laughs> And it's kind of a fusion of all these art styles in one cohesive world. Oh, that's cool. And then in terms of the uh, the finish on these cards, what have you carried over from some of the work you've done prior to this? So from your Pokemon, these custom cards you're doing, what elements have you pulled over and, and what are you introducing new for the first time? Uh, so the biggest thing would be quality. Like there are certain things that I can talk to a printer about that other people wouldn't even necessarily know to ask mm. so we've been asking those harder questions and especially with selective holographics like knowing how to map the cards so that certain elements are and aren't holographic and what percentage of them are holographic that's been a big thing on the news link on our website you can kind of see a preview of that i show mm. a couple of fighters where it's like the white to black scale and then the art uh, so stuff like that and then as well as like box design and production design there's got some white plates actually from 
our printer showing like what a blister pack would look like and like getting the booster box whites, which are going to be blanked out on my body, but you know, yeah. so working with that and like knowing how the graphics are supposed to look and what color scheme is supposed to be in and the bleeds and stuff. It's really given me an edge in terms of being prepared, I think. Yeah. Cause you're not coming in like someone saying, Hey, I want to create a card game. I got this great idea. Yeah. You're coming in as someone who's manufactured cards knows mm -hmm. this world very well from the production side intimately. Yeah. And then you're, you're overlaying um, like a new story concept, right. Uh, on mm -hmm. top of that. And that comes, I think with a, a far greater sense of credibility probably uh, than somebody coming in who says, you know, I got this great card game idea. Now we're going to start calling around and finding somebody to make it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a very different. Uh, so, are, would these be made by hand as well? Like when we're up around nah. one point two million dollars, that's a lot of volume, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for these, we are printing with a printing partner in the U.S. I okay. can't like say their name publicly, that's but okay. if I describe it, everybody will know. They're a big the guy. Nobody make, probably knows who they are. Yeah, the people that make Magic the Gathering. So, like, hey, there you go. Yeah, um, and obviously, like being in the printing industry, we know what to look for in the capacity and like what a printer's schedule means and where they have blocks of time. So we've really planned out, you know, when to print the set and get it into their facility and like what time they need files. And it's just been really, really helpful for that. Now, when you have a game that um, is this big and I start seeing like we were just holding up a second ago, they're like, here's our blister packs and here's mm -hmm. our, our case packs. That's retail language you're using, right? That's mm -hmm. not, that's not just, Hey, here's something for a backer. That's, this is how yep. this is going to show up in store. Yeah. <laughs> right. So clearly you have some plans for getting these out to a lot of card trading shops, a lot mm -hmm. of collectible shops, hobby shops, game shops, and so forth. Mm -hmm. What are your plans that regards and what kind of uh, platform have you kind of built uh, to, to kind of launch that off of? So I have four distributors around the world right now. I'm hmm. working on the contracts with my legal counsel, but we've got one in the U S one in Canada, one in Europe, and then we just landed one in Australia. So we're planning to get all of them product and obviously ship Australia first because it takes a lot longer to get there. Yeah. But we're looking for like a, a worldwide simultaneous launch if possible. Um, that'd be greatly preferred. And I think the, the timelines we put on Kickstarter are like the worst case scenario in my head. We put June, but realistically, once we send payment to the printers end of January, I could be touching a box personally by like mid April. So whether that means I can turn that around quick enough to get it to people or not, I mean, maybe I'll surprise people, but June seems to be the worst case scenario. Are these going to be manufactured offshore? Like, will you be impacted by Chinese New Year at all? Or Nah, I have been in the past for like previous projects. Um, yeah. One of my Zaba cards things, we did metal cards and there's so many Chinese holidays that I kept hitting them. I was like, come on, just get them here. But luckily, no, we're not printing in China. Um, the sample cards we did print overseas. Yeah. Our promo cards are printed by a very small um, card printer over in L.A., and then obviously the big batches from uh, the massive printer in the U.S. But yeah, they'll be made in Texas, I think. Now, can you just walk us really quickly through like the Kickstarter campaign? I'm showing it on um, the overlays here for people to see it. Yeah. Um, what do is so if somebody's going to back this game and they find this is something that interests them, uh, mm -hmm. which I'm sure a lot of people will. Um, what <laughs> uh, what do they get for their pledge? So for their pledge, you can get two starter decks. We basically made six starter decks and found three pairs of which ones work best together. And we labeled them as like versus decks. So you can have these two, these two, or these two. Mm -hmm. If you just want to play with your um, spouse or a kid, pick it up. You don't honestly have to give me anything else. Like just pick up some decks, play it. Hopefully you like it. Um, you can also support us on the YouTuber influencer side. 
I have a partner named Unlisted Leaf who honestly got me back into collecting cards. I sold off my Pokemon collection years and years ago. And then I started watching Unlisted Leaf, got back into it. And he's kind of been my hero ever since, just re-inspiring me along the way. So we put him in the game as an honorary hero. So you can get a box with him actually in the game, plus five packs. That's cool. uh, or you can buy a booster box and go like the whole opening route. You can buy a case and go the whole, I'm going to live stream my opening. Like we're kind of supporting everybody out there. Um, if you're a game store, you can you can back through the Kickstarter or you can wait for your distributor to have product and pre-order through them. And we'll also have a website ourselves where you can order product. There's kind of no wrong answer. Just what kind a of little bit, are you? something for everybody. So, and, and I see that you've got um, like, there's a pledge level where you get literally every, every deck, right? Everything. <laughs> that's oh, my cool. favorite. The 249 is like, that's the one I would personally get. It's just like a, you know, casual player, casual collector, my favorite cards. Like I'd probably yeah. aim for that. And then this um, play mat. Um, is there been a lot of interest in that or, and then how's a play mat work? Is that play mat work per player or, or how's that set? Here, I'll take <laughs> it off the, uh, overlay so people can see we're holding up there. All right. So they're really high quality. I love them. Yeah, it looks uh, We slick. have shipped these in the past, like they're decent quality play mats, but yep. we'll have the Kickstarter exclusive arts on them and, uh, you can add them on if you want. We also have three different promo cards that we unlocked through stretch goals. Every backer gets one of those just regardless. And um, we also have a metal card we just unlocked uh, last week, which will have your backer number engraved on the back of it, which is pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. And then um, we also have plushies. I got the little Kabu one here. He's cute. <laughs> we also have a 12-inch tall like Voodoo that yep. is apparently so cute. The production company was like, hey, tell us when you're pre-ordering these because like we kind of want to buy some. So <laughs> I, don't know, I think our plushies are fun. We're just trying to build a universe and like you got to have some fun merch for it. So... I've really pulled some strings and tried to get some surprising ones. We have a, like a, what is it? A varsity jacket? Yeah, I saw yeah, that like, too. I actually have two prototypes of those and they are like amazing. I never had one as like a high school or anything, but to yeah. have one now with the turnip on it, so cool. It is super cool. And I can see like, so for instance, there's the, um, uh, I shown on screen here, the the uh, engraved uh, metal card. Yeah. Um, that is Super cool. And mm -hmm. again, once you start getting to numbered things, that's when your collectability obviously goes up as well. Yeah. Um, now, are you like, how have you been pre-promoting this? Have you been doing like a lot of online uh, playthroughs so people can try like on Tabletop Simulator or anything mm -hmm. like that? Or So a lot of it comes down to, they've known my work through Zaba cards. I have an email list of like 18,000 people. Um, people. So it's been kind of keeping people involved yeah. with that. My social following personally is like, 25k on instagram and then the artist network is like 2 million so if i have everybody make a dedicated post right now we could probably jump it further but i'm just kind of letting it grow naturally mm -hmm. so it's been word of mouth here's development stories over the course of like the two years making nostalgics and if you guys want in join it i haven't done any like paid advertising it's just been here you go <laughs> if, well if i would like say that work, you've got like a this. fairly wide network right so a lot of yeah. and this this is what happens with kickstarter campaigns somebody either comes in a with uh an audience they've built either through an ip property mm -hmm. or through a business that they've already had or some other thing and they're leveraging that right mm -hmm. or there's people that come in and they're they have to build that right they yeah. got to try to build an audience mm -hmm. and that's where a lot of the investment comes in is getting that audience is the audience yeah. is what generates um, the awareness, right? But yeah. if you don't have an audience, that's where it gets really costly to build that up in the first place. 
Um, I'm really in the business of making friendships. Like I, I always call yeah. people friends on here. Cause a, I don't know their genders. It's just a great hack to get past that. And like B, yeah. I have a Facebook that nobody knows what the heck I do. Nobody even knows anything about nostalgics on my Facebook personally, but I go yeah. online and there's my family. Like these are the people I care about. So I'm glad they're here for the trip and I'm excited to play games with them, but we do have a tabletop sim mod. So if you do want to play, you can right now on our discord. So you go through the Discord. So how would they find that that Discord? Like, how, is it is it just nostalgics? Is that how they find it? Or yep. So as of last week, we're actually on Discord Discovery. So if you search nostalgics, it'll pop up. Otherwise, Discord.gg/nostalgicstcg. That'll pop it up as well. That's sweet. Is there or the like community so, tab on the website? Again, I'm thinking back to your handmade um, Uber Premium cards. <laughs> yeah. Is there going to be any? opportunity for that to come into the nostalgia because it's it's a world you've known very well now for five years like it's, mm-hmm. it's something's telling me there's got to be something there where there's gonna be some extra special kind of pixie <laughs> dust you can throw on this with some handcrafted stuff is, is that coming or yes absolutely so it's been like a not really super held secret but we're definitely going to continue making cards they just won't be other people's cards like we're going to take you. that idea of the crew coming in and making them and we're going to make custom hero cards. So starting this month, if I can pull it off, or very early next month, you can upload an artistically created image of yourself or like your kids or any character that you've got the rights to print, and we will put it on our template and print a card for you with an official nostalgics back, and it's tournament legal. That's cool. So literally, it's a proxy of any of our currently printed heroes. Right now, there's 10 of them. So you can take any of their health and hero abilities, and like put that on your art, send us the file, we'll make it in like various holographic forms, tournament legal. That is crazy. And I you keep throwing <laughs> in the tournament legal there. So is there is this written somewhere? So someone's because you're the one that's creating the world, right? So yeah. you, you create the rules. So you'd say that if somebody's got a custom card, then it's it's tournament legal. Yep. And since you don't have to shuffle your heroes, literally anything can be a hero. Um, you could have yeah. a 3D printed character, you could have a Coke can, you could use a Canadian dollar, tournament legal. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's crazy. That's great. <laughs> when will the tournament start? When, when do you anticipate the first kind of big nostalgics tournament kicking off? So I'd like to do one a quarter in 2022. And then at the tail end, I've kind of teased for our $1 million stretch goal, which I think we have a chance of hitting that we'd have a world championship in December in Minneapolis which is hilarious to me because it's going to be so cold, but I kind of feel like Mewtwo inviting people through a hurricane to come battle the best trainers in the world. And um, I kind of want to pull it off. So if we did one a quarter and then had the best of the best kind of come up here and have it also have a bazaar and an artist alley and just like a meet and greet for the nostalgics people, people would come whether they're playing or not. You could do exhibition matches with other fans. It'd be a good time. So two things. One is I want to be clear. You are going to hit a million dollars. I mean, it's, you got 12 days to go. There, there's no doubt in my mind whatsoever that you're going to hit a million dollars U.S. You're already at 1.2 Canadian. Um, yeah. How do you, when, when you talk about things like IP, so now you were on the IP ownership side mm-hmm. with Nostalgics. Yeah. So as you build up this world and tournaments and collectabilities, mm-hmm it seems obvious to me that there'll be other people now looking to create businesses based off of nostalgics, right? Yeah. Them doing their own custom cards. And so how is, so is that something you're encouraging or, or how was, how have you mapped out dealing with that? Yeah. So actually just in the tail end of my Zaba cards business, somebody asked if I can make custom MetaZoo cards and I was like, 
I'm actually going to pass on this because I don't think custom cards should exist for a game until the game is readily available. Like at that mm. point, I had never touched a Metazoo card in my life. I was like, I can't find them. Can you? <laughs> like, I'm not going to make a Moth Woman if I can't even pick up a pack of Nightfall. Um, yeah. I've recently found a couple. So I think when Nostalgics is available in stores and you can actually get it, like I'm completely fine with custom cards and I actually encourage it. Like if you've got a good idea, I mean, hell, I might just take it and use it for a future set and be like, thank you. Here's uh, 150 bucks. But like, if you've got better ideas than me, put them in our uh, card ideas zone on our discord i'll take it like I'm, I'm open to anything and as far as like posters and fan art i've already had one fan art contest for a new card our lucky yep. frog and like i'm i'm super open to it i grew up in that i absolutely appreciate you guys i'm not going to shut you down unless you're like putting blood on a card then i'm gonna be like please don't <laughs> like yeah. follow our brand values and that's really something i drilled home when i was making the custom cards for other games like don't put misty not safe for work on a card stay within brand guidelines you're gonna be okay so, so on that note, you're essentially, it's a sign of success, right? If, if yeah. this is everywhere to the point where people are starting to customize their own versions of the cards, then that's a sign you've made it. So you're cool with that. Yeah. You want to stick within the brand guidelines, hopefully make mm-hmm. those custom things with you, right? And some of the, the things like that you're going to set up coming up. Yeah. Um, and in cases where people aren't, they're doing the rogue thing, then I guess you'll have to deal with the IP at uh, you know, the yeah. compliance at that time. What's next on the horizon? So what's the overall vision for this? So I'm I'm starting to kind of see the picture here, how this is going to be the next big thing, right? In terms of card trading and so forth. I I think you're well on your way there. You got the experience level certainly (laughs) to get you there, which I think is really cool. Where do you see this? Like, as you look at on the horizon, where do you see it getting to? So I've had this five-year plan kind of underneath a nostalgic sign in the back of my background here, which you probably can't see. Um, and ideally, we come up with like one to two sets a year. One seems too low, so probably like two decent chunky sets a year. And we build that up. We have a secret shards program on Patreon right now that is like five to 10 dedicated promo cards every single month. So it's kind of our take on secret layer. And we really want to foster that and use that as like a new place to onboard new artists and even partnerships with other companies. So I've constantly said like, if we had a Temtem invasion, that would be amazing. I want to work with these other companies that maybe have IP that don't have cards and invite them in. Or if Digimon wants to partner up one time, we'll be like, okay, here's part of a set. Now we have a Digimon invasion. I really want to be kind of the the catch-all Avengers of card games or the Rick and Morty where people can come here and they can have this collaborative space. And I guess Smash Bros. is probably a a more accurate term, but like the Smash Bros. of card games. I want everybody here. So if if you guys want to partner up, I mean, even like MetaZoo, Akora, like Poliwog, Maelstrom, like anybody, I'm open to talk. Give you a call. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, This campaign, I can't wait to see where you guys end up. Certainly (laughs) you guys have got your, your act together on this. There's, there's no doubt about that. And then to to generate the amount of volume you have already, Mm -hmm. just leveraging your community without actually investing a lot in marketing, I think is pretty commendable. Uh, I want to wish you all the best of this campaign. Uh, we'll get you back on the podcast maybe next year when we're uh, we're talking about this tournament of all tournaments and we'll oh, uh, see where it goes from there. <laughs> you need a shovel to get there, but hey, it'll be a good one. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, Hunter, you take care. Cheers. Take care. This has been an episode of the Board Game Binge Podcast, hosted by James Staley, produced by James Staley and Mike Bruner, with original music by Nick Smith. If you would like to watch these interviews live, simply join the Facebook group Board Game Binge and you'll get access to live interviews giveaways, and interesting board game content 
from across the industry. I can't wait for you to join us. See you next time.